did not come in on a winning streak. You know, I, I started partying at a young age. I was a teenager. My last drink, I was in two car accidents in three days. I had an, an incident at a hospital and ended up on uh, my hands and knees begging my wife for one more. One more and I'll do anything you want. And, um, and I woke up in rehab. Uh, my daughter, who was three at the time, comes running across the parking lot yelling, Daddy, 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 come home. I miss you. You know, and I was in rehab for, for 30 days. You know, that was a changing part of my life. You know, it, it made me think about, do I believe my troubles are of my own making? And thank God, because that means I don't have to wait for everyone around me to change. Welcome to the Daily Reflection Podcast with your hosts, Michael L. and Lee M. On this podcast, we try to provide inspiration through interviews with members of the recovery community. Today's February 23rd. Craig S. is in the house, and he's sharing on the spiritual concept of mysterious paradoxes. I hope you enjoy this episode. Good morning, Lee. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing great. How are you doing this morning? Doing well as ever. Today is February 23rd. And who do we have today? Well, today we have Krager S. from Baltimore, Maryland. And he is going to be talking to us about today's daily reflection, Mysterious Paradoxes. Mm. Well, Krager, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. Perfect. Well, we start the podcast in the same way every day. Um, I wonder if you would help us out and read the daily reflection for today. Sure. February 23rd, mysterious paradoxes, such as the paradox of AA regeneration, strength arising out of complete defeat and weakness, the loss of one's old life as a condition for finding a new one. AA comes of age, page 46. What glorious mysteries paradoxes are. They do not compute. Yet when recognized and accepted, they reaffirm something in the universe beyond human logic. When I face a fear, I am given courage. When I support a brother or sister, my capacity to love myself is increased. When I accept pain as part of the growing experience of life, I realize a greater happiness. When I look at my dark side, I am brought into new light. When I accept my vulnerabilities and surrender to a higher power, I am graced with unforeseen strength. I stumbled through the doors of AA in disgrace, expecting nothing from life, and I have been given hope and dignity. Miraculously, the only way to keep the gifts of the program is to pass them on. Mysterious paradoxes. I'll ask you first, tell me what this means to you just as you're reading it now. Yeah, so I picked February 23rd because today is the day of my second anniversary of continuous sobriety. Congratulations. So right there in itself, uh, it's a mysterious paradox. A couple of things really stood out to me, but I stumbled through the doors of AA in disgrace, expecting nothing from life. And I had been given hope and dignity. Uh, that is true for me. I did stumble in the doors of AA, did not come in on a winning streak. And um, you know, I, I started partying at a young age. I was a teenager. My last drink looked like this. I was in two car accidents in three days. I had an incident at the Horseshoe Casino in Baltimore, an incident at a hospital, and ended up on uh, my hands and knees begging 
uh, my wife for one more, one more and I'll do anything you want. And, um, and I woke up in rehab and um, I was so messed up when I got to rehab. The first two weeks that I was there, I thought I was in Delaware and um, it turned out that I was on a mountaintop in Scranton, Pennsylvania. And, um, you know, I'll, for ne I'll never forget this experience. It was uh, family visitation weekend. And uh, my daughter, who was three at the time, comes running across the parking lot yelling, you know, Daddy, 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 you know, come home. I miss you. And, um, you know, and I was in rehab for, for 30 days. And, um, you know, that was uh, a changing part of my life. And, um, you know, it, it made me think about, do I believe my troubles are of my own making? And thank God, because that means I don't have to wait for everyone around me to change uh, for me to be okay. And my 30 days was up. My counselor says, you're out of here. Well, you know, I, I've been partying my whole life, right? 30 days is not enough. What do I do? And he said, you go to a meeting today and you have a chance. And uh, if you go to that meeting, you raise your hand. And it was obvious that, uh, that I was brand new. Uh, showered a couple of times in my 30-day stint, hair down to my neck. And uh, they say, you go to that meeting, you get a sponsor, your chances increase. And then if you work the 12 steps, you have a chance. And, um, you know, when I walked in, I had zero expectations. I just didn't want to die. And, um, you know, walking into that room, it gave me some hope. Seeing the other people in that room, it's like, hey, if you guys can do it today, if you guys can stay sober today, so can I. And, um, you know, that, that's my story. That's how I got here. I can feel the pain and emotion as you tell the story of your daughter running across the parking lot and it's been two years. Congratulations to you. That's a, that's a long time to go without a drink or a drug. Um, it says in here, I'm brought into new light when I accept my vulnerabilities and surrender to a higher power. I'm graced with unforeseen strength. And I'm just wondering how did that work for you? Surrendering to a higher power. Was that an easy process or was that something you struggled with? Um, I wouldn't say it was, it was an easy process, but I didn't struggle with that. Meeting my sponsor and going through the, the first step and the second step, getting to the third, I met him in a Burger King drive-thru, and it happened to be directly across the street uh, from where I used to party. And he said, we're going to get out of the car, uh, we're going to hold hands, get on our knees, and th say the third step prayer. And that experience, holding another man's hand directly across the street from where I used to party, I had this weight lifted off my shoulder. And doing the third step, I've done it with a, a group of guys, done it with sponsee. And every time I've done that, um, I've had that same feeling, right, that I am turning over my will and my life over the care of God. And it's been a magical, magical experience every time thinking about some vulnerabilities, like my defects of care, character, right? I would lie, steal, and cheat. Prayer meditation has been a huge part um, and really has taken off since Zoom. 
I was praying, but I wasn't meditating every day. And so for the last year, being on Zoom meetings um, really have picked up my meditation game. And um, I do it every night and morning. And the first thing I do when I get up in the morning is I need to get to God before I get in my own head. Get to action. Go to a meeting. Do the readings in the big book. I read page uh, 86 through 88 with a group of guys. We share our thoughts on that reading. And then get over whatever's bothering me, right? Like I need to turn it over. And uh, that's been a great routine for me starting my day. The paradox. You seemingly gain control, gain sanity by, by releasing and becoming dependent on a higher power. Yeah, absolutely. And through working the 12 steps and the grace of God, one day at a time, right? like I need to focus on today, trying to do the next right thing and, um, and try to put myself last, which was something that was unthinkable before I came to the program, right? You want to put me last, my ego. But when I put myself last and I try to do the next thing, uh, it's been working for me. How has working the program changed your life and, and your relationships today? How are things different for you? Yeah, so uh, it talks about in the daily reflection, like when I support a brother or sister, my capacity to love myself has increased. The first time that I helped somebody and didn't expect anything in return, I've never felt that feeling before, right? And I'll never forget that feeling, helping somebody and not expecting anything in return. That was really unheard of for me. It's, it's one of the gifts of the program, I guess, that we go from being so incredibly self-centered, so selfish, so destructive, actually, to then becoming purposeful about wanting to help others. Like it's, it's really a 180 degree shift. So what does that service look like for you today? Yeah. So uh, working with a sponsee right now, I have one sponsee at the moment and, you know, I chair a meeting. I joined uh, district four as the uh, growth committee chair. You know, it, it's, it, it tells me in the big book that, you know, and it says in the daily reflection, the only way to keep the gifts of the program is to pass them on. Right. So I must enlarge my spiritual life through work and self-sacrifice for others. And if I do not do this work with others, I would surely drink. And if I drank, I would surely die. And that's the mindset that I have today. I see you chairing a lot of meetings. You're the guy that reaches out to tell all your friends about the meetings that are happening and who the speakers are. So you're doing a whole lot more than just um, the things you already mentioned. You're plugged in, right? Yeah, well, you know, they say stay in the middle of the pack. Right? Once you start wandering off, that's when you can get uh, clipped off. And, um, you know, so I try to stay in the center. Today, sobriety is the most important thing in my life. So I need to stay connected because if I don't have sobriety, everything else goes away. That's so critical. You know, I think I needed to get to that point. I needed to feel that complete and total loss and, and desperation 
And you said it, you know, to drink is to die. And I don't know that I believed that on day one, but I felt pretty close to it. And after days of just reaffirming that, the, the service work and the things that I don't want to do just get easier. So, do you, I mean, how much does that drive all of the, the things that you do in your recovery program? Yeah, so it was maybe brainwashed to me at rehab, sitting in a, you know, a room of 20 guys, and they say one, one in four out of you is going to be sober or stay sober. You'll be in jail. You'll be in an institution. You'll die. Maybe one of you will stay sober. And I was, I was on the ropes before I got to rehab. So the suggestions that were given to me through sponsors and, and the guys in the room was, you know, stay sober today, but help other people. Helping other people helps you. And that's the mindset that I've had. So do you work with other newcomers? Yeah. So I have a sponsee. Um, whenever I see a, a new guy on the meeting, I get on my number. I send them meetings that I'm going to. And, um, you know, you guys have taught me, like, we do this together. I don't do it by myself, right? I need the help of others. Man, I asked for so much help, so much help. And took the suggestions. And then when I was able to get through the steps and help somebody else and get, you know, work with them, um, it's an experience that you don't want to miss. I'm curious about um, one of the things that it says here in the, in this daily reflection is that um, when I look at my dark side, I am brought into a new light. And then earlier he says, when I face a fear, I'm given courage. So I'm just curious, you're sober. You just today celebrating an anniversary. Um, how does that pain and fears, does it still show up in your life today? And how do you manage it? Sure. No, that's a great question. So I'll, I'll take the, the second part first. When I face a fear, I'm given courage. Uh, fear of walking to AA for the first time. And I had a lot of disturbing thoughts. And everything was a trigger when I first came in. Everything. Because I would party everywhere I went all day, every day. And somebody in the room pointed out to me that I can't control my first thought. That second thought, you can't c control. And what's the action that you take with that second thought? It was recommended to me that I say the serenity prayer. First thought's a freebie. I can't control that. That second thought, if I say the serenity prayer, and it talks about in daily reflection, when I, when I face a fear, I am given courage. The serenity prayer, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. And he said to me, I don't care how many times you say that prayer. It could be five times. It could be 500 times, but do it. That second thought, you say the serenity prayer and boom, it, it worked. It's worked for me. And, and the thoughts still come around, right? But I've remembered that from my first couple of days in the program. Somebody taught me to do that, suggested to do that. And I got the results. Yeah, I feel like the more I say the serenity prayer, the more I gain insight into what I can and cannot control. Has, has that 
Has that been true for you? Yeah, absolutely. And it's, and I think about as I need to turn it over to a higher power and try my best to do the next right thing. That's my thoughts on that. And Lee, you you mentioned uh, when I look at my dark side, I am brought into new light, like making amends to the people that I hurt and praying for the willingness to make those amends, clear my side of the street, a lot of dark stuff, right? But when I'm willing to try to repair the relationships that, that I have with the damage that I caused, my experience in doing that, and I've gotten a lot of feedback on some of the amends, but that experience of clearing my side of the street has brought me into a new light and really helped repair those relationships. So if a newcomer's listening right now, they might be like, what? I have to make amends to people. I have to face my dark side. You know, I don't know if I want to do all that. What would you say to them about that? Yeah. So I must remove what is blocking me from my higher power, which I called God. The general fact that I lay the past on the table and able to free myself, right? Not approve, but accept the past that cannot be changed, allowed God to shine onto the table and love to pour into me. And when I've done that, when I remove what is blocking me from my higher power, can't change the past, accept it, but move on. And when I've done that, I've had spiritual experiences. Did you feel prepared for each step that you faced when you faced it? No, they, uh, getting through the fourth and fifth step, I heard a lot of people in the rooms going out at that fourth step, not getting through the fourth step. And again, and again, I did not want to die. So I had to get through that. Right. And building the trust with my sponsor and being able to tell him everything, pocket the pride and go for it. And that's what I did. And when I got through that, again, the weight lifted off my shoulder and today, like I can look the world in the eye. I can be comfortable with the person that I see. I love that. That's been my experience as well. You know, foundational element in my recovery is cleaning up the past and, you know, steps four and five were foundational in that. And then moving in through eight and nine was when I really felt like I could begin to look myself in the mirror and then look other people in the eye. And then through 11 and 12, building building self-respect through self-esteem, through esteemable acts. And um, man, it's a great way to live. Absolutely. So what else do you want to tell the audience before we begin to wrap up? Yeah, there is a solution. There is a solution. And I didn't know that there was a solution. I, I didn't know until I got a sponsor, got the service positions, began working the steps and you know, get to chapter two in the big book, like, oh, there is a solution. I had no idea. And through working the 12 steps, today I have a choice. I never have to feel that way again that I did in the parking lot at rehab. I never had that choice before. I could not stop drinking. And today I have a choice, which, which is really a miracle. I love what you say about um, there's a solution, but I didn't know there was a solution. It's like, we're literally taking away, we're asking people to remove the only solution they know. 
without giving them any real access to any vision of what a different solution looks like. And that's what we're trying to do here with the podcast is show people how it looks, you know, a glimpse anyway. Um, you don't really get the full picture until you actually walk, walk it, but I love what you're saying. Um, so you have found a solution that has essentially replaced your need to, to drink. Absolutely. Well, Craig, I want to thank you for spending time with us. It certainly inspired me for sure. Thank you for having me. It's, it's been awesome. You guys are doing great work. So I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks so much for joining us today. Awesome job. Thanks to Craig for joining us today. And thanks to you for listening. If you want to find us online, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash daily reflection podcast. You can read about recovery on our blog at blog.dailyreflectionpodcast.com. If you want to help us out, you can provide a rating, a comment, give us some feedback on the podcast. Lee and I would really appreciate that. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day.